Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sand Hill, FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sand Hill. It's our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ because here at Sand Hill, we believe that Christians can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, we invite you to visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I know that I cannot preach unless the Lord comes. Amen? It Ta- takes the Holy Spirit to, to be able to preach. It takes the Holy Spirit to be able to get anywhere. If not, you just listen to Gary and that won't help any of us. Uh, but I also know, not only does that, but I also know that you can't receive the message unless you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So I have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If we do that, we'll, we'll have uh, what God wants for us to have this morning. And this message has really spoke to my heart in a, in a major, major way. And I believe it has a potential of changing our church or at least maybe opening our eyes a little bit uh, if we will allow the Holy Spirit to do that. So we will be reading in 1 Corinthians, taking just a, a brief a break from our Romans. Uh, we've been preaching through Romans, but we're going to be preaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning. If you find your place is there. And today is the first Sunday we've kind of launched into this cherish your church idea. And in February, you know, the Valentine's idea and all of that. And, and kind of just the concept that, uh, um, you know, as you love your Valentine, you love your church and uh, the reasons for that. I don't know if you've thought about why you love the church, why you love this church. I hope you do love this church. Uh, if this is your church, you ought to love it. Amen. And uh, so uh, that's kind of what we're trying to get you to. And, and this message has really spoke to my heart. So I guess this is going to be kind of my message on preaching why I love Sand Hill Church. Uh, so uh, if you found your place there, uh, if you're able, I ask you to stand and, and reverence God's word. Very familiar scriptures to read this morning. Uh, we'll start reading verse number 26, First uh, Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. <clears throat> For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty." And the base things of the world and the things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things that are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who were of God, made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth. Let him glory in the Lord. Let us pray. Father, how thankful we are for each and every one, Lord, that is here uh, this morning, and as well as those joining us online, how thankful I am for your word. Thank you for, Lord, being able to worship you this morning, being reminded, Lord, just how good you are to us. And now this morning, I beg you that you'd open the hearts of each and every one listening. And Lord, I pray that you'd get me out of the way. Let me not interfere with what you'd say to your people. Father, when we go away, may we be a changed people, I pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. You can be seated. 
So, as I look at this text, it seems to be quite clear what it is saying. But I I want to maybe give us a little different thought with it. Um, I'd like to start out saying um, that this is something everybody knows. I am a very ordinary man. I'm just a very ordinary man. I, I, I really believe, my mom and dad are here this morning. Um, I, I think I've thought, this, I've thought this all my entire life, up, up, almost every day of my life. One of the greatest, and I, and I hope my mom and dad understand when I say this, one of the greatest blessings in my entire life is my mom and dad are very ordinary. That's one of the greatest blessings of my life. Renee's mom and dad are very ordinary you know, I've thought, what would it have been like if I would have been born to a CEO of General Motors? You think, man, you'd have been rich. Wouldn't have what I have right now. Wouldn't have the blessings I have right now. But I, I, my parents were ordinary. As a matter of fact, all of my parents' family are ordinary. All of Renee's family is ordinary. Matter of fact, uh, I, I not only am I very ordinary, <laughs> I, I, have a lot of, um, I have a lot of disabilities. Brother Mike was here. Uh, those of you that were here over Thanksgiving weekend, and Brother Mike was here, and and he said, you know, you call Brother Gary, and he's so slow saying what he's going to say. You know, that's true. I talked to Renee. Most of you have enough respect for me, you won't do me this way. Now, if I talk to Josh or Renee, we're having a conversation. Their mind is running ten times faster than mine, and I can't get out what I want to say, so they start talking for me, and I can't finish my sentence because I'm talking too slow. Well... I get you, but you know what Mike said that? It did not hurt my feelings. Because you know why? Because that's true about me. I am not talented. I am not intelligent. I am not smart. I am not a good speaker. I don't know how to run a church. I don't know how to manage things. I don't know how to organize. I, I, don't, I, I really have absolutely nothing to offer the Lord. I am very ordinary. But can I just be honest? I look at all of you, and you guys are very ordinary people. <laughs> you know, if I could be real honest, and, and you guys just have to forgive me for saying this, I have had the thought, this is, this is wrong, I have had the carnal thought, Lord, why don't you just send us some of those phenomenal people? You know what I mean? Those kind of people who are just, just so smart and can just know everything. And every time someone walks in this door as a new person to this church, guess what we get? Ordinary people. I mean, every time. I mean, we're excited someone comes and they're just ordinary people. Just plain old ordinary people. You know, not, not overwhelming with smarts. Not overwhelming with talents. Not overwhelming with anything. Just plain ordinary people. Do you know that's what we are? That's what we are. I got good news. I got good news. Point number one, clearly written in the text, God prefers ordinary people. That's his favorite. Hallelujah. If you are here this morning and you are very smart and you are very talented and you are very gifted and you have many, many abilities, you get picked later. Because he likes the ordinary people. 
Amen. I know this is a silly illustration, uh, and I don't mean to be irreverent to God, uh, but if we, were, if we were picking up teams, and God was the captain, and we were picking teams, as we do when we were kids, he would look at us ordinary people, and he'd say, I'll take you. Does anybody get this? And if you have a real uh, high amount of talent, he said, no, I want that guy there that's just ordinary. Anybody here thankful for being ordinary? Anybody here thankful for belonging to an ordinary church? Now here, you know, I struggle with this because here's, here's the problem in this. this. This scripture is so very clear. We could go through it and we could pick it apart and we could do all kinds of things. But this scripture is so clear. It, listen, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be real smart. This scripture is so clear. It it's, uh, specifically says, look at your calling. God does not call the mighty, the noble, the wise, the, the big people we think of. God doesn't call those people. He said, look at who he calls. God chose the foolish people. He chose the ordinary people. That's who God chooses. Clearly, that's who God chooses. And even though the Word of God says that, we still get it in our mind. But God, I'm just ordinary. God, I'm just ordinary. I couldn't, you know, I've shared my thoughts with you guys many, many times. I couldn't tell you how many million times it seems like I have thought, Lord, why would you ask me to be the pastor? I don't speak well. I get my words messed up. My mind is slow. I'm not very smart. I can't organize. I have this defect. I have that defect. I have all these things. God, why would you ask me to be the pastor? Because you're ordinary. Because there's nothing special about you. Because if it was something special about you, you'd think it was about you. Right? And then God, why would you why would you send me all of these ordinary people? They're just ordinary. They're, there's nothing special about any of them. They're just ordinary people. Because that's the ones God prefers. Is anybody with me on that? He likes ordinary people. Now, I have known a few people in my life, in the ministry, friends of mine. I don't, I don't mean to be go down an ugly road, but I have known a few friends of mine that were good friends to me, that in my mind were more talented, more intelligent, more, they were really above all the rest of us. Guess where they are now? Cheated on their wife, lost their ministry, ran off with another woman. You know Why? Because they thought they were better than the rest of us. See, when you're like me, you have no choice but to say, I, God, I can't do this. I don't have the ability. I am not smart enough. I don't know how to do it. I fail at every turn. I am faced with things I can't do. God, I have no choice but to say, God, I can't do this. I need you. But if God would have made me a great speaker and really smart and had all these talents and all these abilities, I might think, look at what I can do. I'm going to show you guys how great I am. And then when you guys start telling me how great I am because I'm such a great speaker and because I'm so smart and because I'm so talented, I I get caught up in myself and then we fall. So God prefers ordinary people. Not only ordinary, but can I just be honest? I am not only ordinary, I am very, very flawed. And I don't need to explain that to you guys because you guys know I am flawed. I have handicaps. I have things. I just, I am just, I am just very literally, I am, I am broken. But you know, as I look at all of you ordinary people, you guys have a lot of flaws too. 
Why would God build his church and put his pastors in and set people in who are ordinary and who are flawed? Why would God do that? But that's what he does. You know, they say, interesting fact, this is what scholars say. It makes sense to me reading the Bible. But Jesus went out and handpicked 12 disciples. And scholars tell us that if you were looking from the outside looking in, the only one of those 12 that would have looked like there's a guy you can really count on was Judas Iscariot. Because he was kind of had it together. <laughs> Is anybody seeing what I'm trying to show you? The other guys, the other 11 were ordinary. When they, when they turned the world upside down, they said, these are unlearned and ignorant men. They're fishermen, have no talent, no ability, and they turned the world upside down. And if you look at all the 12, they were a bunch of nobodies who had nothing to offer, except for Judas. <laughs> Anybody know how that story turned out? And we could go all through the Bible. We could go, we could look at David who was a nobody. And we could look at Gideon who was a nobody. And we could just, just story after story after story after story of people who were nobodies, who were ordinary, who God used in a mighty way. The Bible says this, I've always found very interesting. When Jesus would come into town, you know what the Bible says? The common people heard him gladly. You know what the, what the smart people said? Ah, we don't have time for that. So God prefers ordinary people. Are you guys with me? God prefers ordinary people. Point number two. This is a broken record, but I want you to get it. It's not about us. <laughs> it's not about us. We think if we want to have a great church, we need a dynamic pastor who is intelligent, who is smart, who has it all together, who speaks well and is fluent and is a great leader and is organized. You know, it's not about us. We think if we want to have a great church that does great things, we need great people in the church who are smart and intelligent, know how to do all these things and have all these gifts. It's not about you. Is anybody getting this? Does anybody know who, know who it is about? It's all about him. It's all about, listen, if we have church any other way, we ain't having church. Amen? If it's about anything except for Jesus Christ, we're not having church. And that is the problem with so many churches. There are churches who have phenomenal pastors. I'm talking about they're intelligent, they're smart, they're great speakers, they do everything right. There are churches just full of, of, of all kinds of dynamic people, but it ain't about us. But don't we get it into a mindset, I really want to get this point across, God prefers the ordinary people. But don't we as human beings, don't we get it in our mind that we're just ordinary people that don't matter? You know what most of you tell me whenever we talk about doing something in the church? Well, I can't do that, I'm just ordinary. <laughs> Stop doing that! You're God's favorite! God picked you! If you weren't ordinary, he probably wouldn't want you. Are you getting this? Oh, I can't do anything for the Lord. I can never be anything great. I can never accomplish things. I can never be used by God. I'm just ordinary. Oh, no. You're the one he prefers. Because he prefers ordinary people. Amen? That's what the Bible says. So it's not about us. It's not about, it's not about if I'm good enough to be used by God. It's not about my talents, my intelligence, my abilities. It's not about any of that. It's not about... Uh, um, uh, 
you know, we, we, we're, not going to, we're not going to take over Sandusky because we have a lot of talent in this church. We're, we're not going to win lost souls because we are gifted and we, are, we have great ability. We're not going to, uh, uh, to draw in a huge crowd because of all how smart we are. Do you know what it will be? When we realize that it is not about us and that it is about Jesus Christ, and when we lift up Jesus Christ, this church will do what it is supposed to because it's not about us. It is about Him. A bunch of ordinary people. Amen? Amen. Can I just say this, Sister Georgie? I'm glad to be a part of the ordinary people. I think about how I was raised. I think about the type of people that we are. I'm proud to be that. I'm proud to just be ordinary. And as I read God's word, that's what God likes, is ordinary people. So I'm highly qualified in that area. Now it tells us clearly in verse number tells us clearly in verse number twenty nine. And I again I don't think this is I don't think we need a theologian here to describe, to understand this that no flesh should glory in his presence. Do you know why God prefers ordinary people? Because people who aren't ordinary have a hard time not glorying in the flesh. You know, we, we know in the church, we know what we're supposed to say because we've been told we're supposed to be humble. We're, we've been told all of these things. But here, here's the truth. Let me just say something that we're not supposed to say out in public. We're supposed to keep this to ourselves. If I was a great speaker and I knew I was a great speaker and I was eloquent and always said the right words and just was just a, just a, just a great speaker and everybody here knew I was a great speaker, I would get up because I am the pastor and I would humbly say, it's not about me. It's about the Lord. Isn't that what we all say? Now, what would I be thinking in my mind? But I am a really good speaker. Because I can't say that out loud, but I would think that in my mind. But when I know that I can't speak, and when I know that I'm not smart, and when I know I have nothing to offer, I can genuinely say, this isn't about me. It's about Him. If anybody gets anything out of my preaching... um, uh, this is kind of funny, but uh, Brother Paul Finney, uh, dear brother, used to go to Clyde Church. I, I still watch him a lot. His his wife passed away some time back, and, and uh, I think he's a phenomenal guy myself. But but he said uh, his wife told him one time. He said she said, "You know how I know there's a God? Because Paul Finney can preach." <laughs> What she said, he's so ordinary, he's not that smart, he's not, there's a, if he can get up and preach, that proves to me there's a God. That's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be so ordinary that someone says, you know, I, I just had a, I literally just had a guy just this week at work. You know, most of you guys know how I am. I, I'm not, I'm not like my dad. I, I'm, when I go to work, I'm quiet, kind of stick to myself and don't talk to anybody. And, and so the guys at work are starting to watch me. A bunch of them watch me just about every Sunday. They watch me. I just had a guy pull me aside this, this past Sunday. He said, man, I watched you last Sunday at church. I says, oh yeah. He says, yeah. He said, uh, you're quiet here at work. And when you get to church, he said, you're all of a sudden not quiet anymore. He said, I couldn't believe you were loud and talking and because it isn't about me. Can I just say this is not where Gary's comfortable? This is, listen, this is not what I'm good at. I'm trying to get you guys to understand God prefers ordinary people, but it is not about us. And if nothing is going on that is bigger than who you are, you're not doing it right. You get that? 
And I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I love the St. Hill Church because we're ordinary. And I love all of you people because we're ordinary. And I love that I can be your pastor and be ordinary. And I love that it's not about us. But can I just tell you, we need to quit hiding behind. I'm just ordinary. Because all of you think I'm just ordinary. So that gives me a good excuse not to do anything because I'm just ordinary. And we're waiting for the smart people to show up so they, we can have church. We're waiting for the talented people to get here. We're waiting for those who know it all and figure it all out to get here. Can I tell you, can I just be real honest? Sand Hill Church, look at me. Can I just be real honest? When those smart people show up, they're going to mess up our church. Is anybody with me? When those people full of talent get here who know everything, who can do everything, who've got it all figured out, they're going to ruin this church. Because you know what we need? We don't need smart people. We don't need intelligent people. We don't need tap people. We need people who say, I can't do this. I need Jesus. And that's when we'll have church. And that's why God just keeps sending you people in here that are just ordinary. <laughs> just plain old ordinary people. Because that's what God prefers. So he prefers that. It's not about us. I want to show you something I just learned this week. Uh, if you'll just go back to the, uh, verse number five. I have read this wrong my entire life. And I just figured this out this week. I can remember probably 30 years ago teaching this. Teaching the book of Corinthians. And going through this verse by verse, and I remember saying that, and I remember I taught this exactly wrong. And I read it this week, and I just jumped out of, it just jumped out at me. I thought, you've had this wrong for all of your life. Look at verse number 5. Chapter 1, verse number 5. It says, so Paul is addressing this church at Corinth. We know this church at Corinth had some issues, but he's addressing them. They are Christians. They are brethren. And in verse number 5, he says, that in everything ye are enriched by what? By him. You are enriched by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that ye come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have studied that for 30 years. I have always read that and said the church at Corinth had plenty of talent. They had gifts. The Bible says so. That's not what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says? In Jesus, they got everything they needed. That's what that says. It says, you were enriched by him. He gave you what you needed. And because of that, in verse number seven, it says, you come behind in no gift. In other words, all your gifts and all your abilities came from Jesus. It wasn't that you started with a church greatly talented. It's that you started with a church and Jesus gave you what you needed. And that is the Sand Hill Church. So if you guys are with me this far, this is where I think we go off the rails. Anybody with me so far? God loves ordinary people. Amen. I'm thankful to be an ordinary person. I'm thankful to go to church with a bunch of ordinary people. Amen. Matter of fact, I feel kind of out of place when I'm not around ordinary people. You ever get around someone you just know they're a whole lot smarter than you? You just got to feel out of place, right? I want to go back to them ordinary people, right? You get around someone who's just, you know, knows it all and has it all figured out, got all these abilities and talents and everything. I think, no, that, that's not my kind of people. I'd rather just go back to ordinary people. Amen? But here is where I believe we go wrong. I believe many, many churches go wrong. Uh, I hope that I can illustrate this for you. Uh, But um, although the scripture teaches us plainly that God prefers ordinary people, point number three, ordinary is not the goal. Ordinary is 
is not the goal. Here's where I believe so many churches really go wrong. So many Christians go wrong. I believe some of you this morning need to hear this. See, the Bible teaches that God prefers ordinary people, and God does not need your ability, talent, or knowledge. He does not need you to have it all figured out to be able to use it. He does not need that. Listen, he's God. He can use, he can use a, a donkey to deliver his message. He can use the jawbone of an ass to kill a thousand Philistines. He, he can use a stick to part the Red Sea. He can do anything he wants. He does not need your ability. So here is how a lot of people read this scripture. And I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says, and I don't mean to offend, but I believe that we need to hear this. If God is saying that, that being ordinary is what he prefers, then my goal is just be just as ordinary as I can be. And what, what we think is, because we read that text, that that means, therefore, that we want to do church poorly, and we want to do everything for the Lord poorly, that way we'll make sure we stay ordinary. Am I making any sense to anybody? Did I? On that one right there, I had you guys with me the whole way and I just lost about three quarters of you right there. Let's go back. God prefers ordinary people. Amen? Okay, you're all with me there. Okay? It's not about us. You guys are all with me there. Okay? But ordinary is not the goal. The goal isn't to say, well, you know, there are a lot of churches who do church very, very poorly. Everything is just done poorly. And they're so proud of that. I've been to those churches. The, the one conducting the service does a horrible job. The singers, you know, just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Doesn't matter if it's out of tune, sounds horrible, the PA's awful, everything's just absolutely awful. Praise God, we're ordinary. The preaching is absolutely terrible. Everything that goes on in church is terrible. Nothing good has happened in church for years and years. But praise God, we are ordinary. And we are proud of it. I have literally heard him say, I said this, I've literally heard him say, I walked, we, me and Renee walked out of a church in Kentucky one time. I was going down there preaching around him, and we, we literally walked out. And the pastor, we went to this little tiny church down there, I think there was about 12 people there. And, this, and the sister of the, walked out from the pastor's, uh, pastor's wife walked out, and she said, I am so thankful. We only have 12 people here. I'm so thankful we're not like that church down the road that's prospering. She was so proud of doing things wrong. See, the, the idea here is not... Try to strive as hard as you can not to do anything right. The goal here is you can't do anything right without Jesus. If you want to do something right, if you want to do something great. Listen, when David stepped out onto the battlefield and slew Goliath with a stone, was that something great? Amen? Did people say, nah, that's just kind of ordinary. When Moses stepped out on the red, uh, with a stick and smote the Red Sea and it parted and they walked across and then it killed the whole uh, army of Pharaoh, was that ordinary? That was great supernatural things. Uh, when when uh, Elijah did all the miracles, they did when they stopped the rain, Elijah did and then they called the rain down. All of the miracles that happened was God saying, I want you just to be ordinary. No. He was saying, I want you to be supernatural. I want you to do the amazing things that nobody else can do. I want you to do things that everybody will be talking about because they're so great. And I want you to know it isn't about you. It's about me. But I think we have a mentality that says God prefers ordinary people. And we want to strive just as hard as we can to just stay ordinary and don't do anything good. If we start studying our Bibles, we may no longer be ordinary. So we need to not study. our. You know, people really believe that. I've told some of you here that, and you say, nobody believes that. Yeah, they do. A lot of people believe that. Don't study your Bible, because then you won't be ordinary anymore. God won't be able to use you if you study your Bible. 
You want to stay ordinary and ignorant because that's what God needs. God does not need you ignorant. He just needs you to realize you can't do it without him. If you have an ability to sing, you ought to sing to the very best of your ability. Listen, I don't know about you, but I would rather hear someone who can sing good than someone that can sing bad. Right, Eli? Right? I've been through some bad singing. Oh, bless his heart, he's just making a joyful noise unto the Lord. It is a noise, I will agree with you for that. Right? Listen to me. We take, we take credit in saying, I'm doing it terrible, and praise God, I'm doing it terrible. Praise God, I can do something bad for God. If the building looks terrible, if the services are awful, if the preaching is bad, if the singing is bad, if everything is bad, praise God, we're doing it ordinary. That's not what that text means. That's not what that text means. You know what that text means? God wants ordinary people that he can make them phenomenal people. God took ignorant fishermen. You know, fishermen were kind of like the, the bottom of the totem pole, right? They didn't have any, no, no education. It wasn't a job anybody, they were, they were just, they were just about the bottom of the bottom of the barrel, right? So Jesus picked some of those guys. So they have no learning. They have no education. They're, they're not sophisticated. They, you know, they come from Galilee. That, that was, you know, when Peter went out there on the, uh, um, when he denied Jesus, the little girl told him, your speech betrayeth you. Do you even know what that means? It means you talk like a Galilean. Do I, do I, <laughs> I got real careful right here. I got to walk real careful. You know, you can tell where people are from by the way they talk. <laughs> right? Now, if, if someone is from a very educated, affluent society, they talk one way. If they're from an uneducated, maybe southern place, they talk a totally different way, right? So God took those people who were unlearned, ignorant, from a poor culture, and he said, I'm going to use you to just do nothing. Is that what he said? He said, I'm going to use you to turn the world upside down. Get this. The smartest people, the most intelligent people, the the great minds of that day could not comprehend how ignorant, unlearned people did amazing things for God. And if you go back and study, this is so fascinating to me, but Jesus Christ died, goes to the grave, goes back to heaven, the church is launched on Pentecost, the apostles go out and start spreading the gospel, and... Literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were saved. And literally Jerusalem began to just be overturned for Christianity. And the smart people stood back and the governors, and they stood back and said, I don't understand how this is happening. They, they don't speak very good. They're not educated. They don't have any ability. But look what they're doing. And we have all this education and all this intelligence and all this smarts, and we can't do what they're doing. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? God didn't call us to do the ordinary. God called us to do the supernatural, but we can't do it because of how smart we are. We got to do it because of him. And when we come to the place where we say the Sand Hill Church is capable of doing amazing things that no one else can do, but we cannot do it in our own strength. We can only do it through Jesus Christ. We will have the church that Jesus wants us to have. And anything else will not work. 
So I look, I look at, uh, uh, um, I look at, I look at myself. I look at Sand Hill, and I think you're just a bunch of ordinary people. So I, you know, I've got an analytical mind. I begin to th- kind of think things through, and I, I've got to think about this, Sister. I got, I got to think about all the people that we know, all of the sister churches and all the churches around we know, and, and the conference and youth camp and, and and all the other states and just all the different ones we're affiliated with. You know what I discovered? I just got to plan it through in my head. You know what I discovered? Almost every last one of those people that we know in all those churches, they're ordinary people. I tried to think of someone that was really special. I couldn't think of anybody. I talk about Jeff Jones a lot. Most of you don't know who Jeff Jones is. He, he has, this is a perfect illustration of what I'm trying to say. If you don't know who Jeff Jones is, you should go home today and look up Jeff Jones. Just punch in Jeff Jones, Hilltop Church, Free Will Baptist Church in, uh, in North Carolina. And he has probably the biggest church in the United States, Free Will Baptist, if not the biggest, very, very close to it. Phenomenal, phenomenal church. And you, and you listen to this guy, and, and, and he's not a good speaker. Can I just be real honest, Jeff, if you're listening to me? I love you, buddy. He just sounds like a hick. He just sounds like a hick. He'll tell you he's from, he's from Eastern North Carolina. He's, his family's not reputable. He's not impressive. He's not talented. He's not gifted. He's not special. But he's big, made the biggest church in the country. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? If he had been talented, gifted, and a great speaker... He probably could have never built that church. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? I'm friends with him. We've spent time together. We've talked together. I talk to him and message him. I listen to him all the time. I think he does a phenomenal, phenomenal job. But it's almost like this. And Jeff, I love you if you listen to me. But I love you. But, but it's almost like this. And I know you guys have to think this about me. But as I'm listening to him, and he's running one of the biggest churches in the country, and he's known all over the entire country as just one of the biggest names in Free Will Baptist, as I'm listening to him, I'm almost thinking to myself, he's good despite himself. Because he's really not that good. Does anybody get what I'm saying? That's what all of you need to realize. All of you could be shining stars for Jesus, but you keep looking in the mirror and saying, I'm just ordinary. Well, Jeff Jones just decided, I am ordinary, I am plain, I have nothing to offer, and I'm going to do my very best for Jesus and let him make me a big star. I thought about Brother Sonny, probably the smartest preacher that we are associated with that comes to this church. All of us love Brother Sonny. And Brother Sonny, if you're listening to me, I love you, buddy. But can I just tell you, Brother Sonny's just rather ordinary. He's really just rather ordinary. You say, man, he's smart. Now that's the point. I didn't say that if you're ordinary, you need to be stupid. Listen to me. Can I? This is what we don't understand. Brother Sonny did not get so smart as he did sitting on the couch. He just came in as osmosis, right? He studied hard to get where he's at. But he is still very ordinary. There's nothing special about it. He's not overly intelligent. He's not overly gifted. He's not overly charismatic. There's nothing about it. He's just plain ordinary. But he said, God, would you take this ordinary piece of clay and would you make me something great for you? Is there anybody else who wants to sign up? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a bunch of people at Sand Hill who say, it isn't about me. And about my talents. Pastor, it's not that I'm not good enough. Pastor, it is this. I know that I can't do this, but I will give everything in my power to be what God wants me to be. Now, now let me make sure that I get this right. Back to, back to my point. Our, our goal is not ordinary. And then we'll try to, try to bring this thing in. If you're going to be a preacher, and you're going to be a good preacher, 
We are, we are blessed with, with three young preachers in this church. Besides myself, we are very, very blessed. But if you want to be a good preacher, first of all, you've got to figure out, you need to be ordinary. You're, you're not going to do this because you're so smart. But can I tell you just as humbly as I can, you'll never be a good preacher until you work really hard. Amen? Takes hard work. Timothy, if you go back and read the book of Timothy, Paul called Timothy. Timothy was probably a very young man. He was very intimidated. He was probably shy and backward. He, he didn't have any gifts and abilities. And Paul said he was a pastor over this church. He was scared to death of the people. He didn't have very much knowledge. He was a young timer. And, and he had all these older people telling him, you can't do this and coming up against him. And Paul said, now listen, don't let them despise your youth. And he said, don't, don't be afraid of them. But God used Timothy in a mighty way. See, if you're going to be a singer... Now... Can I just be just kind of be honest? Just a minute? You need to figure out if you are a singer or not, right? Some people are. Listen, I am not a singer. There are some people who are not meant to be singers. If you're not meant to be a singer, maybe you should find out what you're meant to be. Does that make sense to anybody but me? We like to encourage people who can't sing at all. See, I don't believe I don't believe we're being ordinary, and I don't believe we're being pleasing to God because we do things bad. I believe we do it the very best we can. But if you're a singer, you know, I, I, I believe of our singers, I believe they ought to do it the very best they can. I tell Josh and CJ all the time, we're going to do things with excellence. We're going to spend the money, we're going to do what it takes, we're going to do things with excellence. We're, we're not going to look like we don't care about the Lord, we're just going to throw it together and it's just a half-run show and it, and it looks absolutely horrible. We're not going to do that, we're going to do it right. Am I anybody with me? We're going to do it right. But it's not because we're special, it's not because we're smart. We're ordinary people, we've got a good God who deserves the best, we're going to give Him the best. The preaching ought to be the best. The singing ought to be the best. The testimonies ought to be the best. The worship ought to be the best. We, we've been having phenomenal services. You guys have been doing so great worship. Listen, it ain't because you guys are such great worshipers. It's because we have a great one who needs worshiped. And we can do great things. Listen, we can do soul winning. We can do, we can do uh, uh, reaching lost souls. We can help messed up families. We can bring in Christians and disciple them. We can do great things if we get ourselves out of the way and say, God, I can't do this. I need you to do this through me. But I'm not willing to say and do nothing and do it poorly. I want to do extraordinary things that only you can do. Anybody in on that? That's why I love this church. Just a bunch of ordinary people. Amen? Aren't you glad? See, if you were here when I started as my son, and you're thinking to yourself, that kind of hurts my feelings that you're saying, I'm ordinary. Well, maybe, maybe you're not as good as the rest of us. If you're really smart, talented, gifted, you're not as good as I am. <laughs> Is anybody getting this? See, you can brag about being ordinary and not having any talent. You can brag about that. I got something to brag about. I'm just a nobody. And I know this, if I'm ever used by God, there ain't nobody going to say it's because Gary's so smart. He's such a great, great speaker. He's got it all figured out. They're going to say, man, that had to be God. There's no other way it could be. <clears throat> so, look down at verse number 30 with me, bringing him for a landing. But of him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus. So we are in Christ Jesus. We learned that Wednesday night. Who of God, Jesus Christ is of God, made unto us, who's the us, that is you and I, the church, wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So we, we gladly will acknowledge that Jesus is our righteousness and that he is our sanctification and he is our redemption. But this verse says that he is our wisdom. 
I don't have the ability to be righteous on my own. I need the righteousness of Jesus. I don't have the ability to, be, uh, to redeem myself for the redemption. I don't have the ability to be sanctified on my own. It is of Jesus. But you, can I tell you, I don't have the ability to have the wisdom to do what it takes to run this church. Only God does. So I am ordinary without wisdom, and the wisdom that I need comes from Jesus Christ. But if I will get in Jesus Christ, I can have great wisdom to do great things for God. Amen? So, end with this point. God loves ordinary people. Being ordinary is not an excuse. And ordinary is not our goal. We ought to be striving to do great things for God. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.